It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone. This is Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources. Today we'll be with you all the way till the top of the hour, 3 o'clock, when the great Jeff Kaplan will come in and guide you safely home with all the news, traffic, and information you're going to need to uh, get home a little smarter today, uh, as Jeff always does, uh, one of the great voices and uh, great colleagues here at KSL News Radio. Uh, as uh, our colleague Todd Fuchs just reported, the uh, president today, uh, by executive order, uh, put the focus in terms of the asylum program of the United States that will require those seeking asylum to first seek asylum in whatever safe country they step foot on First, So we have that kind of agreement with Canada. We're working on a similar uh, relationship with Mexico so that those can uh, first apply for asylum uh, in a country other than coming all the way to our border uh, and then doing it there. So I think that's uh, actually a good thing. I think it will prevent a lot of people from taking journeys they shouldn't be taking. Uh, And we'll also make sure, as we talked about earlier in the program today, that we are reserving the asylum program for those that really are in need of asylum. We have many who have tried to use that as the way to get into the country and then are not showing up for hearings or not being part of the process, uh, are retreating into the shadows, as opposed to those who really are either being persecuted or in danger for whatever reason and really do need to seek asylum here in America because we will always be that place and always have to be that place. But if we get so bogged down with an asylum program that is just wrought with fraud and abuse, that that's going to be a a tough thing. And the people who get hurt are the people who actually need asylum. So we'll continue to watch that and see how that plays out. Uh, I'm sure both the House and the Senate will have something to say about that as we move along. We're also watching all of the other uh, shenanigans going on in Washington today. We'll continue to keep our eye on that. But I want to shift gears a little bit. And I want to talk about youth and sports. Uh, I was heavily involved in sports growing up and coached, uh, did summer camps and workshops for kids. And it's interesting how the intensity of the training has expanded over the years. Uh, We've seen things even recently in the news. We saw the big brawl at a baseball game over a call by an umpire who I think was 12 or 13 years of age. Uh, And there was a big brawl, big fight with all the parents. And we've, we've lost our perspective on a lot of that as it relates to youth sports. But the thing that I want to address today is the, the specialization issue. It is crazy to me that we're now telling kids that if you don't decide to specialize and become a, a second baseman or a pitcher in softball or a tennis player, by the time you're five or six or eight years old, that you're not going to make it. You're not going to be able to compete. Uh, and that's a sad, that is a sad commentary 
Uh, I've always felt like in Little League Baseball, I think they should play one game a week that's for standings and trophies and winning and all of those things. And they should have one game a week where there's no umpires. Parents need to just be quiet. Maybe the parents aren't even invited. But you can actually let the kids learn some different things. I think it's great for uh, someone who's a real all-star as an eight-year-old pitcher. I think it's great for them to go play in the outfield. Or be on the bench and learn how to cheer on a teammate who's maybe not as skilled or who's just learning the game. I also think we have to watch that this specialization is leading to injuries that are just extraordinary. There is an epidemic of young people who, by the time they are getting to college, their bodies are already so broken down that they can't even play. There was a, a fascinating uh, two-part series on uh, ESPN this last week and really gave some tremendous insight into this. Baxter Holmes, who is the uh, senior writer for ESPN, did a significant study and some great research and some great writing around specialization in sports, uh, particularly in basketball. And while he wasn't condemning the AAU program, he was pointing out some pretty amazing things that a lot of these kids are, as he called them, ticking time bombs because their bodies, they've been so specialized in basketball for so long that their bodies are already breaking down. You have people in the medical community who have said that they are seeing and doing surgeries now on 18-year-olds that normally they wouldn't even think about doing until someone was in their late 40s or 50s. And so the intensity of the workouts, the intensity of the specialization is is so real and so acute that I don't think it's really what sports are all about. If, you're, if your only mission is to make it to the NBA, then fine, so be it. But even there, if your real goal is to play in the NBA for a decade and maximize your earning potential, then you got to take a little different approach. It's interesting, the uh, the parents of uh, Zion Williamson, uh, all-star, number one draft choice this year out of Duke, his parents were very cautious and said, look, the, the goal is long-term. And they said that they noticed that they were exhausted as parents and said, well, if we're exhausted, imagine... Imagine what he is, because he's playing the games and has to go through all of the practice and the stress and, and all of those things. And so they, they were very careful with him to make sure that he was getting rest, that he was doing things outside of basketball, that he was yeah, even doing other sports that can, again, provide a little release from the intensity of just the day-to-day grind that so many kids in so many different sports are being subjected to. And, and so I think there's a there's a physical health to this thing, but there's also a mental health component to this. And we're going to be joined shortly by Jenny Howe, who is just such a tremendous resource in dealing, particularly with teens, teens and anxiety, stress, depression. And she has some great insight. We're going to have her join us after the break here. But this is something I, I hope you'll go and read these. These are on ESPN.com. And it's a two-part series. It's called Under the Knife, Exposing America's Youth Basketball Crisis. And while the, the focus is on basketball, this applies to tennis and to dance 
and to a host of other things where I think our obsession to have our kids be number one or get that scholarship or make it to whatever pro level we want them to get to, that we're losing perspective in terms of what really matters. All right, don't go anywhere. Stay with us. Our last segment will be joined by Jenny Howe. Uh, some great insight on mental health for our kids as we cruise through the summer. This is Boyd Matheson. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back.